The opinions expressed on questions you didn't ask are those of the individual participants and do not reflect those of their respective employers and institutions. Weed, pot, reefer, grass, dope, ganja, Mary Jane, cash, er, ain't Mary, skunk, chronic, chiba, all refers to one plant, hemp, or cannabis sativa, most commonly known as marijuana. Marijuana comes from a plant called hemp. Its scientific name is cannabis sativa. The main active ingredient in marijuana is THC. This ingredient is found in the leaves and flowering parts of the marijuana plant. Hashish is a substance taken from the tops of female marijuana plants. It contains the highest amount of THC. Approximately 55 million Americans use this plant, which is a Schedule I controlled substance, and almost half of all Americans have tried marijuana at least once. Scientists have found that marijuana is effective at treating chronic pain, nausea, glaucoma, epilepsy, multiple sclerosis, inflammation, and more. Most people enjoy using it to help them relax, sleep better, enhance sensations, and improve appetite. Others use it as a muse of inspiration. Some people who advocate against the use and legalization of marijuana cite scientific evidence that connects cannabis use with an increased risk of developing schizophrenia, other psychosis, social anxiety disorders, and to a lesser extent, depression. In a 2022 study of an international sample, it was estimated that 0.47%, yes, less than 1%, of people who use cannabis reported lifetime occurrence of cannabis-associated psychotic symptoms. It is important to know that marijuana was not always illegal. After reading the PBS Frontline Marijuana Timeline, I learned that in the 1600s, right around the time that enslaved Africans touched the shores of Virginia, hemp was allowed to be exchanged as legal tender in Pennsylvania, Virginia, and Maryland. Surprisingly to me, the Virginia Assembly passed legislation in 1619 requiring every farmer to grow hemp. In the late 19th century, marijuana became a popular ingredient in many medicinal products and was sold openly in public pharmacies. The recreational use of marijuana was introduced to Americans by or presumed to be Mexican immigrants in the early 1900s, and suddenly the racist association of marijuana was born in America. By the 1930s, marijuana became associated with violence, crime, and other socially deviant behaviors, primarily committed by quote-unquote racially inferior or underclass communities. By 1931, 29 states had outlawed marijuana. The New York Academy of Medicine issued the LaGuardia Report in 1944, declaring that contrary to earlier research and popular belief, 
use of marijuana did not induce violence, insanity, or sex crimes, or lead to addiction or other drug use. This research debate continues to this day. According to a 2023 report by the U.S. Sentencing Commission, there have been significant changes at state and local levels regarding the decriminalization of marijuana and legalization of the product, sale, and distribution of various forms of hemp. But under federal law, however, marijuana remains a Schedule I controlled substance under the Controlled Substances Act. And possession of marijuana for medical or personal use remains illegal. Federal offenders sentenced for marijuana possession in the last five fiscal years tended to be male, 85.5%, Hispanic, 70.8%, and non-U.S. citizens, 59.8%. A little over two-thirds were sentenced to prison. The average prison sentence imposed was five months. Of the offenders whose criminal history category was impacted by a prior marijuana possession sentence, most were male, 94.2%, U.S. citizens, 80%, and either Black, 41.7%, or Hispanic, 40.1%. So as you can see, this issue of marijuana incarceration is predominantly affecting Black and Brown men in the U.S., to help us unpack this and more, I'm going to introduce you to Leo Bridgewater Sr. Leo Bridgewater Sr. was born and raised in Trenton, New Jersey. He attended Trenton Central High School, graduating in 1994. In 2001, Leo enlisted into the United States Army in response to the September 11th attacks in New York City and Washington, D.C. Leo spent five years as a telecommunications specialist with multiple deployments to Iraq. Leo separated from the Army in 2006 and spent two and a half years working for the Department of the Army at the Pentagon in Washington, D.C. as a Department of Defense contractor serving in both Iraq and Afghanistan. Leo has worked for companies like L3 Communications, ITT Systems, and Exilus. The number of veteran suicides per day, 22, is an issue Leo finds to be totally unacceptable. Having had three battle buddies attempt suicide and two being successful, Leo's advocacy has seen him testify in New Jersey Senate Committee to have post-traumatic stress disorder, or PTSD, added to the New Jersey Medical Marijuana Program. In September of 2016, New Jersey Governor Chris Christie signed Bill S-2345, adding PTSD as a qualifying condition to the New Jersey Medical Marijuana Program. Leo is an advisory board member for Cannabis World Conference Business Expo and former National Director of Veterans Outreach with Minorities for Medical Marijuana, now serving as an executive board member. Leo is co-founder of Canagather New Jersey, and has partnered with organizations like Coalition Medical Marijuana New Jersey, Women Grow, Drug Policy Alliance, mm. the American Civil Liberties Union, Cannabis Cultural Association, the New Jersey Cannabis Industry Association, and New Jersey Cannabis Association. Leo has testified in the New Jersey Senate Committee for Bill S-3195, mm. the Taxation and Regulation of Cannabis for Adult Use. As a partner of Heart Community Capital, co-owner of Collective 60, 
and co-host of the Smoke and Heroes podcast, mm. Leo hopes to be a vessel by which the industry works through in the state of New Jersey. Leo is married to Dr. Lashana Bridgewater, PhD, and has two children, Leo Jr. 17 and Langston 7. Welcome to Questions You Didn't Ask, Leo Bridgewater. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I mean, you make, I, I swear if I was white, I'd be red from blushing. Thank you for saying it the way you did. Yeah. I didn't realize I did all that. Man, I'm just stating the facts, man. And it, I haven't it, had I, to think about those things in a long time. You know what? I say it all the time. You know, we get caught up in being in our bodies and being in ourselves and just doing mm -hmm. what needs to be done or, you know, taking care of business that we oftentimes forget how great we are. And it usually takes someone from the outside looking in and be like, yo, do you know how awesome you are? Have you noticed all these awesome things you've done and been doing? So this is your chance to hear about yourself, right? I wish my wife, <laughs> I want my wife and my kids to hear all this. I'm <laughs> going to play this for them because, you know, my 17-year-old thinks I'm corny. Ah. And, and, and and my seven-year-old talks to me like I'm small, you know. And so you you know, you see I'm 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 married to hidden figures. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right, right, right. Like like the, the missus PhD is in math. So right. oh I, yeah, right. you are married so, to hidden figures. Exactly. So the as a husband <laughs> and a father of two, the times that I get to be a hundred percent right about anything in my house. <laughs> Very few and far between. They don't care. All that stuff you just named off and anything like that, man, they don't care about none of that stuff. My, my oldest be like, okay, dad. <laughs> and I'm the only one in the house that consumes cannabis. So my wife really don't be. She's not on it. She's not impressed. And she's not hearing it. Well, look, this is your time to shine. You know, and right. you, can, you, can, you can share this with your family, share this with your friends, obviously your network. And you know, right. make sure, let's let's let the people know what's up. Right. That's why. So when it comes to this cannabis thing, I'm 100 percent right. That's why I talk the way I talk. All it's right. Like, let's let's get, let's get into it then. So my first question, because of course this is questions you didn't ask, but my first question is that mm -hmm. we know that you are an advocate for the legalization of adult consumption of marijuana. Mm -hmm. So before we get into that. Do you have any warnings about marijuana use that you would like to share with our audience? Any warnings? So in terms of like, all right, I'll say this. All consumption is actually medicinal. And we don't say marijuana anymore. We say cannabis. Cannabis. Yes, it's cannabis. That's the proper term. Marijuana is actually a, a, a racist term. It was, it, was mm. what, it was what they gave to the Mexicans because... It used to be uh, spelled with an H. It used to be marijuana, and then mm. they evolved and dropped the H. But it was to describe uh, Mexicans. That's where that's where mm. it actually came from. Yeah, it's a derogatory term. So we use the, the the actual word is cannabis. And I will say this: if if you thought about it, or if you think about it, cannabis. If this was a television show, I'm in season eight, episode four. The right. general population is in season two, episode six. Right. So we have to, there's some things that you got to learn, you know. And so the warnings are we're trapped by the technology of our time and the thinking mm. of another time. Mm. And what is required of us at this point in this junction for years 
is that we have to think four or five generations beyond ourselves. Mm. And it's a very difficult thing to get people to think, you know, four or five generations beyond themselves when you live in an instant gratification type of society, mm-hmm. such as the one that we live in. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we are limited only by our imagination. Got you. So those, those are my warnings. Notice how it had nothing to do with medical because here's the thing, you know, Naisha did, at the end of the day, cannabis has a zero in the kill column. All right, now. Zero. Zero in the kill yes. column. Yes, no one has ever died from consuming cannabis. Now, the illegality of the plant is a different story. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, uh, you know, uh, if someone added something to a, to, to a joint, that's a different story. But when we're talking about actually cannabis consumption, no, mm-hmm. no, one's right. ever, no one has ever, it has a zero in the kill column you'd be hard pressed to find got it so because we're on this this kind of vibe of mm-hmm. warnings i also want to get into because you know we had a prep call <laughs> and i want you to share with us your biggest pet peeves misconceptions or false rhetoric that you hear or see mm. in your efforts to advocate for marijuana legalization cannabis legalization let's just get mm-hmm. that out of the way what are your biggest pet peeves misconceptions or false rhetoric okay um pet peeves number one hardest group of people to talk to about cannabis the number one hardest group of people to talk to black church people oh yes and that's and and, and listen it's not even close to the, the whatever the next ha- hardest group of people to talk to, which would be our Latino brothers and sisters, but ah. it's it's actually black church people. Most people don't realize black church people are way more conservative than what you would find on Fox News. Mm. They still say gateway drug and all that stuff. Now, you used to not be able to say this, you know what I'm saying? But it's the black churches where I would I would place the singular reason why. Black people as a whole are not time appropriate in our fundamental understanding of this plant or this industry, mm-hmm. because traditionally the black church is viewed as the gatekeepers to the African-American community. Mm-hmm. And when you think about the illegality of the plant and how it's actually played out on us as a people, it would help to understand why the black church and its conservativeness is so slow to come up to come abroad. Now you look at, you know, like the Mormons and you look at the, the, um, uh, uh, what's the ones that dress up that had the horse and buggies. Um, Oh, what is name? I am no help. Um, I know what you're talking about. A lot of them are in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Uh, um, um, oh, oh, uh, no. Google, Google. Oh, oh, this is wrong. Uh, the, that uh, this is so wrong. Um, okay. Amish, uh, the Amish, Amish. There it's we the go. Amish. Yes, yeah. Okay. The Amish community has gotten into this. You know, um, the Native American community in of itself. They're they're they they're in it because they they have different laws that they can that they can do on their reservations, so they can really mm-hmm. this can really play out. And so when you think about, you know, how this is actually playing out in other communities, we are really, really, really slow. You know, this is the so 
one of my biggest pet peeves is, is you know, how they say your own, sometimes your own kind can be the worst. Mm. There you go. Okay. So and we're asking, a, I'm sorry, we're asking a bunch of Jetsons yeah, to make the, we're asking a bunch of Flintstones to write the rules to a Jetsons game. Mm. Yep. And you know who they are based off the words that they use. So if they still saying things like gateway drug, I already know I know more than you. Mm-hmm. I already know. That's like someone who still calls black people colored. Like, ooh, what year are you? That's where we're at. So let's go ahead and clear that up for our audience then, right? Because we're trying mm. to bring everybody up to speed, right? Mm. Mm-hmm. So what is a gateway drug and what's wrong with that term? So a gateway drug is if you, like, uh, you could look at um, uh, alcohol. Mm-hmm. Alcohol would be looked at as a gateway drug because when you're when you're consuming alcohol, you know, you get that drunkenness, that numbness, and you want something stronger. So then because you were consuming alcohol, it makes you want to do cocaine. It makes you want to do, you know, and that's what people said about cannabis. If you smoke cannabis, it makes you want to do coke. It makes you want to do heroin. You're chasing an even higher high, a deeper high. And so people got, they would say uh, cannabis was the thing that got you on that path to starting harder drugs. No one's, uh, you know, the science says something completely different now. And it has been for a while. One of the other things, I was part of the lawsuit against the Department of Justice where we were actually mm. suing the federal government over the constitutionality of cannabis being a Schedule One drug because it's yes. actually a Schedule One drug. Now, understand something, folks. In order for something to be a Schedule One drug, it has to hit three markers and it has to hit all three, not two out of the three, not one out of the three. No, all three. It has to be highly addictive. You need to have a, a doctor administer it, and it has to have zero medicinal value. Mm-hmm. All three. If all three, if it don't hit all three, it can't be, uh, it shouldn't be a Schedule One drug. Mm-hmm. Well, well. We have medical state medical marijuana programs. We have state cannabis programs, right? Medical cannabis programs. We know of of uh, heroin uh, clinics like in Arizona that are actually using cannabis to help wean people off of heroin. Mm-hmm. So it should be looked at as more like an exit way drug. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then I don't know if this is so addictive that you need to have a doctor administer it. So if you think about the purpose of a schedule one drug and what the definition and what it all has to do with right now, cannabis is looked at as more dangerous than crack. Mm, More. Yes. Cannabis officially is more dangerous than crack. Legally. Legally. Yes. Legally. Yes. Yeah. You you understand? Because you got to understand back then, you know, when this was made illegal, it was due to, you know, President Nixon. You know, mm-hmm. you got to understand. Let's look at history here. This is 71. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? There was this thing called the, um, it was the LaGuardia Report. Mm-hmm. Okay? And, or, yeah, the LaGuardia Report. And there was another uh, commission. But they were looking at, you know, um, the addictiveness of cannabis and whatnot. And come to find out that they found, they figured out that, there's actually some medical benefits to this and that it actually shouldn't be made illegal. We should actually be, should be researching this. Look up six, three, five, zero, five, zero, seven. That's the patent number to CBD. The mm. federal government owns that patent. Wow. Yes. 
So it's not like they didn't know about this. They've been new about this. But you got to understand, back then, Senator uh, President Nixon, you know, the strongest staunch opponents to the, the Vietnam War were who? The, the mm-hmm. hippies and the Black Panthers. So he needed reasons to be able to bust up those meetings, particularly mm. the Black Panthers. Now, the way it was supposed to go down, Blacks get attributed to heroin and and, and whites, the hippies, would get the cannabis. But mm-hmm. we got all of it. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So, and that's how, from a history standpoint, you know, I told you, I like to do that drunken history thing or what have you. <laughs> that's really how it went down. That's the drunken yeah. history. And mm-hmm. so, and it and enabled the war on drugs. Mm-hmm. And look at how the war on drugs and who it played out on. Right. And then you figure out, and then you take a look, and then you leak through. The one thing we do have is we have the benefit of history. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, hindsight being 2020. I mean, they knew exactly what they were doing. They knew exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was a there was a um I'm, I'm trying to think of what the name of that commission was, but they Nixon had had this commission that was supposed to give this this report and he threw it in the garbage. So they were so worried that they went and bought primetime air, like uh, uh broadcasting time for prime for primetime TV back then and aired the results of these of this commission and that's what they came up with that this needs to be we might need, we might need to look at this through for research purposes on the medical side and that's how we got to where we are got you Schaefer commission that's who brought the the primetime uh hours on tv to bring the report on cannabis and then uh the 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 little report was like 30 40 years prior to that it's some it's a it's a lot of deep stuff yeah that's going yeah. down when it comes to cannabis and the interesting thing is is that you know like there's all this talk about cannabis 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 and it's like don't get me wrong cannabis is going to be big money it's going to be great but the long money is actually in, in industrial hemp ah that's the trillion so before we get, we're gonna get there we're gonna okay. get there okay yeah so um but before we get there mm. first let me just say thank you for that wonderful like history snapshot i'm sure there's going to be more um Mm -hmm. but just helping to get some of the confusion out of the way if you Mm -hmm, right mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because you know this topic is loaded for a lot of people um and a lot of us come into this with a with some misconceptions and misunderstandings and that's what all of this is about is trying to clear all that up so we got some things cleared up but i want to ask you a question about health equity because that's my area. Okay. What does health equity mean to you in this fight for legalizing cannabis? What? How does that relate to this work? So, you know, we always talk about microeconomics and macroeconomics, right? But there's mm-hmm. also mesoeconomics. And mesoeconomics mm-hmm. is the creation of the institutions that allow for micro and macro to happen. Mm-hmm. When you're talking, and I'm using New Jersey where I live at as the example, when you're talking about cannabis legalization, okay, you are messing with three types of money. The first type is old money. Mm -hmm. That would be the pharmaceutical industry, and they've been Mm -hmm. operating in New Jersey for generations, okay? Mm -hmm. 
The second type that you're messing with is long money. That would be the alcohol industry. And mm-hmm. they've been operating for generations. And then the third type of money you're messing with is big money. And that would be the prison industrial complex. You know what I'm saying? Wow. Evidenced by, remember I said 25,000 arrests a year. Yeah. New Jersey, New Jersey was spending $145 million a year on this for right. us. Okay. $145 million. Okay. A mm-hmm. lot of, a, a, a lot of careers were made off of this being illegal. Mm-hmm. A lot of we're talking jobs here and mm-hmm. understand something. This is over a period of time, an extended period of time to where we got to where we are. Because, again, New Jersey has the largest racial disparity of incarcerated citizens. Right. So wow. that's not something that happened through happenstance. Mm-hmm. It's not like something that just, you know, all of a sudden just, no, no, no. That took a long period of time. Well, guess what, Naisha? A lot of the people who's watched that happen on, they still in the state house. There's right. a elected yeah, officials. Mm. I wish y'all saying? could see this face. I wish y'all could see this face. It's getting intense over here. I'm just, mm-hmm. I'm just saying. I'm just IJS. IJS. I'm just saying. You know, a lot of them people still in the state house, okay? Mm-hmm. You know, and so the way that, you know, like, so when you hear them talking and all that other stuff, you know, it's like, hold up, wait, 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 hold up. Because I did an interview one day, one night, and the radio host said to me, he said, he said, all right, Mr. Bridgewell, let me ask you something. He said, and this was some years ago, uh, and he said, uh, what do you think ought to happen? Or what do you think needs to happen? Or what do you think ought to happen? And I told him, I said, you, <laughs> you, you sure you, you, you want me to answer that? And he said, mm-hmm. yeah. And I was, I was looking like, cause I was like, hold on, man. I don't, you sure you want to ride that train? Ready for that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I, I, I really did think that too. And I said that, I said, like, you sure you want to ride that train? And he said, oh yeah, give it to me now. I need to know. I said, okay, well, a lot of old people got to die. <laughs> Oh wow! Right, that's exactly what he he looked at me like that. I said, "Wait, wait." Of the pearls. Yeah, I said, "Wait, wait, 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 wait." I said, "I ain't talking about the ones that's in the senior citizen homes. I'm talking about the ones that's in the city hall, that's in the state house, that's in the capital, that's in the I mean, I was saying like all like because you know at at that time I was like, yo, like. These people are they, 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 there's no convincing them otherwise. This is we're talking 50, almost 50 years worth of deprogramming. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? You know, mind you, they were saying like it was like they, they made it illegal and everything like that. Cause they were saying at one point they were saying if you smoke weed, it made black people feel like they like white people and then they're gonna want to rape white women and all that. Like that's the stuff that they were saying. Right. Yeah. They was they was they was right. really talking like that. Okay. Right. So, and I just want to I just want to point out that yeah. this is an ideology. I'm I'm going to say that this is an mm-hmm. ideology that has to die, that mm-hmm. has to be transformed and transmuted into something more truthful, something more accurate, something more equitable. Because one of my issues with talking about racism and generations and old people and oh, well that was back then is that 
I don't know about you, but my, I'm blessed to have a 95 year old grandmother. Mine's is 99. That's still alive. Amen, mine's brother. Is, mine's is 99. Amen for our queens, man. Yeah, she a trip. Our matriarchs. Yeah, right. she a trip. So, Janet is a trip. Right. And so the values and experiences that my grandmother has mm. are a big part of what makes me who I am. Right. My sense mm -hmm. of humor, mm -hmm. things that I like to eat. You know, mm -hmm. we talk. Oh, I used to always love talking to her about politics. Right. I love talking to her about history. So what I'm saying is it's an ideology that gets passed down. Mm -hmm. Right. Because, you know, we get caught up in this 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 um, thought that, oh, well, once the old people get out of the way, then it'll be fine. The young people will be different. And that's not necessarily the case, because no. like you said, this is generations deep. So people have been teaching this and passing it on. And younger folks have been gobbling it up because they found it, they find it valuable or they find it as something that, you know, aligns with their worldview and the way that they see other people around them or how they conceive of how systems work or should work. So I want to just point out that we really need to address these ideologies and recognizing that the generational passing down mm. is powerful. Like it's well, powerful. So I'm just, I'm just cause me right there no it, it's it's, it's but here's the thing everything that i just said and everything mm -hmm. that you just said are all variables that lead into yep. the health equity portion and, and answer to your your original question yep. you know because all of these things prohibit and 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 retard our you know what I'm saying maturation when it mm -hmm. comes to how we look at this and because we're not just talking about facilitating a cultural shift in how we view this plant. We're also talking about facilitating a massive, massive transfer of wealth and the logistics behind it almost can't be quantified. But mm -hmm. remember what I said at the beginning of the show, we are, we are actually trapped by the technology of our time and mm -hmm. the thinking of another time. There are people out there who are, you know, I, and understand when I say Flintstones and Jetsons, right? Mm -hmm. Understand those designators transcend race. They transcend religion. That's right. Trans they transcend gender. And more importantly, those designators actually transcend age because there's some young ass Flintstones out there. Mm. But as I travel across the country, I'm also starting to figure out that there are a lot of Jetsons out there who Wonderful. are pretending to be Flintstones ah, because it's much more profitable to be a Flintstone than it is to be a Jetson. Ooh. And you know who these people are based off of the words that they use. So it's not like they don't know what they're talking. They know exactly what they're saying. They know mm -hmm. exactly what they're doing. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? No one, like, uh, I, I would say another big pet peeve of mine is just mm -hmm. hearing hearing people spout f facts that were debunked years ago. Mm -hmm. Like the gateway drug theory. Mm -hmm. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like, there's, like, like, that was debunked years ago. It's not, that's, that doesn't even work. And again, you know, like in, in, in places like Arizona, who has a robust medical uh, cannabis program, 
what they started seeing was not only did they see a drop in the number of scripts being written for opioids, but ah. they also saw a drop in the number of opioid abuse and addiction incidences. Exactly. So again, remember what I said? What was the three types of money? Old, long, and big. Yes. You know what I'm saying? And whose money did we, who, when you, when you, when you talk about this, whose money we messing with? Old, long, Old and big. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So again, this is, this, that's why when I listen to President Biden talk and everything like that, and they bring up cannabis and whatnot, you ever notice the first thing that fly out his mouth is rehab. So that right. tells me what they want to do is, you know, he comes from that silent generation where they like to pop their pills. They, they, mm. do, they, they do that medicine stuff. So they want to maybe make this, they want to reschedule it to a schedule two, which would then effectively give the entire industry to the pharmaceutical industry. Mm-hmm. Pulling a fast one. You see what I'm saying? Again, see, it is through advocacy is how the business revealed itself to me. Right. Because I could see how things, like, I could see how things were moving. Mm-hmm. And it was like, whoa, hold up. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, even when they talk about minorities, you know, like in New Jersey, like I'll give you an example. In New York, right, mm-hmm. 50% of all licenses may go to uh, minorities, women, veterans, right? Right. Social equity. That's how they call it, right? In New Jersey, mm-hmm. 30% of all licenses shall go to minorities, women, veterans. Notice the difference in terminology? Mm-hmm. Because, see, I would take 30% of shall over 50% of may any day. Words That's matter. Diff- exactly. Terminology. You know what I'm saying? Anytime a state may do something, they ain't going to do that, especially when they're talking about us. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They may look like they're doing it. They may appear like they're doing it. But they ain't really going to do it. Whereas here, you have to do it because it's written into the law. We mm-hmm. did, we, we, we legalized through ballot referendum. You know what I'm saying? So, which means that our social equity canvas is completely blank. Yes. The problem mm-hmm. is, is having enough of the general population's attention and care to want to be a part of the writing of the legislation so that things were uh, as fair and equitable uh, equitable as they care to say it is that's where you know and that's Mm -hmm. difficult for us because a lot of us have checked out of our most basic of civic responsibilities and voting you know what i'm saying so that's another Mm. thing where where the voting like the cannabis voting block has to be real you know this is the thing that's got to and and understand something new jersey broke the record we got it we got cannabis legalization done with 67 percent of the vote Wow. Uh, Maryland did it with 65 and California did it with 60. And we did it with 67. So again, we're talking like when we're talking about when we're talking about this, and I mean, and if we're gonna have this conversation, okay, then all of us gonna have to get naked up in this motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? Like we Mm. all gonna have to get naked. Like this is real, you know what I'm saying? Right. So that's the equitable that's my answer to your equitable equitable question. I know it was rather long. That's what we're here for. So just for our audience, if you feel like, you know, you're like, well, how does this, what, remember health equity is the state in which everyone has a fair and just opportunity 
to attain their highest level of health. Ooh, a big, a big, you know, light bulb should have went off in terms of what Leo is sharing with this. And so to take it a bit further, because we've been talking about equity, pet peeves, misconceptions. Mm. We've been talking a lot about data, right? I want you to be a little bit more explicit with my audience about how are Black people, and I don't mean curse words because it's a family-friendly show, (laughs) (laughs) but how are Black people and other non-white people affected by laws that criminalize marijuana or cannabis growth, Mm -hmm. distribution, and consumption? How are we affected by the illegality of it? Yes. Oh, wow. Well, you know, I, 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 you like, you said, like you said, you like data, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So the data says, uh, again, here, you know, like um, in certain parts of New Jersey, uh, I am 14 times more likely to be arrested for this, you know, mm-hmm. um, and, before and it to, was legalized. Before mm-hmm. it was legalized. Yes. I was 14. There's some places I'm 17 times more likely, you know, as a black, uh, go, as a black mm-hmm. person in this state. You know, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, uh, as and 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 understand, you know, um, these are all gone now. You know, uh, mm-hmm. uh, older is no longer probable cause. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, this is what we've done is we've effectively taken a, a, a serious tool in the, again, intentional targeting and tormenting people and communities of color. We just took one one, one big tool away. And, you know, it's bad when jails are starting to close. Do you know mm. what the prison's number favorite inmate is? It's the cannabis no, consumer. Wow. Yeah, because we're least likely to be violent. Mm. You see what I'm saying? And yeah. then you got states like Alabama that actually loan out prisoners to work in like fast food restaurants and stuff like that. Wow. This is big money. This is big money. We disturbed a lot of big money. They're not going to let that money just. You know, like, mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. Mm-hmm. like I said, a lot of a lot of uh, careers were made off of this being illegal. A mm-hmm. lot of jobs were made. A lot of reputations. You know, what I'm saying people got all kinds of commendations and everything like that. People really made their bones by this being remaining illegal. Mm-hmm. You know, and you had talked a little bit earlier about just the term, and I'm now I'm gonna have to change my language. Thank you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. about the racism that influenced the term mm-hmm. marijuana and how that affect Mexican Americans yeah. or Mexican people, people of Latin descent. I'm sure they, you know, I'm a black person in the South and right. I know my people. Right. And if you look a certain way, we're going to call you Mexican. Right. And it is racist and right. it's not culturally appropriate. Right. So I know that if we're going to do it, that other people, law enforcement, is going to do it in terms That's of we get it from. people together. Exactly. Yeah, it's so, who we get it from, yeah. So can you talk a little bit more about, because I definitely, you know, I don't think that many people would be surprised at the disparity in mm. arrests and incarceration of mm-hmm. Black people. And I love the fact that you said Black people, not just Black men, because Black women are also being arrested and incarcerated and all other types of things. Yeah. But can you talk a little bit more about what the Latino community are experiencing or what their place in this, you know, conundrum of cannabis 
illegalization and, and the criminalization of cannabis. Can you talk talk about Absolutely. that a little bit? Before I and and there is something to say to that, but I also want to make sure that we're 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 very clear about I'm very clear about this so that the audience can 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 get a, a, a true understanding. Realize mm-hmm. something, folks. Black people and white people, you know what I'm saying? Uh, we use cannabis at the same rate. Okay, we 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 we're we're literally neck and neck in how we consume cannabis, and then not in how, but the fact that we consume cannabis, we're nearly neck and neck. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But we make up majority of all the arrests. You, you see what I'm saying? So yes, when it comes Paint to yeah, so now understand something, recognize something. A lot of these, a lot of our Latino brothers and sisters who are coming here to this country. They're actually coming from countries where this is legal federally, where they come from, at least medicinally. So some of these people, a lot, some of these people are coming here with a somewhat uh, better understanding of cannabis than what we may have, whether you realize it or not. The second thing, though, is that there isn't much that the Latino population as a whole can say, only because... A lot of them are coming from places where, you know, like they don't want to rock the boat. You know what I'm saying? You got to remember, we're talking, we're, 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 we're not just talking about the Biden years. I'm talking, I'm counting those Trump years, you know? Okay. You don't want to. There's a lot of years I'm sure you could count. Right. But I'm just talking about specifically say it. Right. Because legalization happened during these Trump years, especially, especially in New Jersey. Mm. Yeah. That's when got that's you. when we got that's when things really started jumping off. You know, Obama was on his way out, Trump was coming in, and that's when all hell broke loose. Remember they was talking about a caravan coming to the US, you know, and it just seemed like white folks had lost their minds, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And you know, and I always tell people this, you know, when you ask me what I think, you know, like I always got to like give pause for a second cuz I always have to tell you the people, hold up, hold up, hold up. You do realize you asking the black dude in this movie what he think. <laughs> right. Oh, I'm very clear on that. Yeah, you do realize like you asking the black dude in this movie. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I start, well, what you think I'm thinking? Because we don't normally make it to the end of the movie. You know what I'm saying? I think LL was like one of the first to make it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? I'm, you know, like, look, you know, oh, hey, wait, wait now, wait. You know, like, hey, I, it all looks the same to me. You're just saying different words and using different phrases. You know what I'm saying? So, again, you know, like, if you, I'm going to tell you, but you do, I just want to make sure we're clear. You do realize you asking the black okay, dude. Okay, you've been forewarned. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, here's what I think. <laughs> And then go for it, Leo. Yeah, and then I go into it, you know. So I will say that from the Latin community, the Latin American community, the Latino community, period, you know, the 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 it's it's you know, when you look at Central American, South American, you know, Mexican American, and then you got our 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 Puerto Ricans, you know what I'm saying? Everybody like at each group, they're, and they're and listen, they are they are just as different from each other as black people are, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So we can't you know, I I think of America. A lot of people you'll hear people say America is a melting pot. No, mm-hmm. no, no. I think America is a salad bowl. There you, you know go. what I'm saying? 
I think that, you know, if you think about all the ingredients that make a good salad, you got the tomatoes, you got your spinach, Mm -hmm. you got your grilled chicken, you got your bacon, you got whatever, you know, and you put all these ingredients into a bowl, you know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And not, and no one ingredient loses its identity, but they all come together to make one good salad. That's Mm -hmm. America. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's just drowned in a lot of ranch. Mm. <laughs> That's all. <It's> just, <laughs> just not yeah. French dressing, right? Ranch dressing, not Italian. Nope, ranch. You know not saying? Catalina. Yeah, yeah, ranch. You know what I'm saying? Ranch. Yeah. So right. what we got to do is we got to you know sprinkle some hot sauce up in there. You know, <laughs> but Get some Lowry's on that sandwich. Right. <laughs> you know, so. We have to, you know, and, and 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 the thing is, is that, you know, again, I think like for us, I also see it as the economic come up. The the I, I see this as the the um the the uh the thing that you know when you think about like the Irish, the Irish got the the fire department, uh the and the police department and the Italians, you know. Uh, we didn't get that economic stimulus package. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Thank you for listening to the new series of questions you didn't ask. Join me, your host, Naisha Frey, and my guest, Leo Bridgewater Sr. Next week as our conversation, In the Weeds, Health Equity and the Cannabis Conundrum, continues.